Morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. We're we're kind of chilly up here. <laughs> You're in, in um North Georgia, right? Uh, yeah, Georgia. Yeah. 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 We we're getting some cold temperatures, but it's beautiful. How are things down in Florida? You know, um, one of my Philadelphia friends just came down to visit us, and he brought his weather with us. It's it's cold and gray. Is it? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I'm fixing to kick him out. Yeah, get out of there. <laughs> Go back to the get, to get the back to Philly with your weather. That's right. That's right. Oh wow. Well, I guess you get to experience a little bit of winter. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's gray, but you know, I'm not shoveling anything off the ground, and I haven't, you know, fallen on the ice or snow. So that's that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good thing. That's an that's an advantage for sure. So so what yeah. what would you like to talk about today? What are we going to share with the folks out there? I am. Um, I was wondering if you would want to just talk about anger. Oh, I'd love to. Yes. <laughs> that wouldn't piss you off too much? No, not at all. I think it's a I think it's part of being human, but I think it's it's we struggle with it because we equate it in some weird ways, but I imagine you've got some insights about that and I want to hear all about it. Well, I want to hear yours too. Um I I do have some insights. Um or thoughts, at least. I'm not. I don't, I don't want to put them in the category of insights. I'll let everybody decide that for themselves. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's good. So, um, when was the last time you really felt anger? You don't, and just I just want you to like sort of pull that back in. You know, you don't have to, you know, well, talk about it. Well, you know, earlier in this week, I felt some anger. I'll have to say. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you and know, I'm inviting anybody who's listening to the podcast do, by the way, to sort of recall that feeling. So just so yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So I had some anger earlier this week. I felt, I felt judged and misunderstood. Um, mm. and, uh, that was, the, that was the story <laughs> and, you know, yeah. so I, I created it. Right. And, um, uh, you know, I'm getting, I, I used to look at anger and I'm getting much better about this as, something to feel shame over. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, but this week I was able to kind of sit with it and, uh, just let it run its course and feel it and, uh, maybe not be so harsh with myself, but that's always, always a tendency in me that pops up. It's like, you, sh you shouldn't be feeling this way. Yeah. Yeah. You're, what does it say about you that you're feeling this right now? Right. You know, that was um, one of the things I really loved about, you know, when I found my way out to the temple of the universe 30 years ago and started listening to Michael A. Singer, who we've talked about before, um, author of The Untethered Soul. <laughs> you know, he, he talked a lot about um, anger and, you know, it's it's a natural thing that when you try to do things in life or even just try to have a relationship or train animals, have kids, build something, you're going to get mad. You're going to get pissed off at different points. And it's 
probably well deserved at least once or twice, you know, a week that, that somebody crosses you or does whatever. Right. So this is one thing I heard at the temple that um, that helped me a lot was um, the anger of a saint is like riding on water. And it's the sex suggestion that anger can be a fleeting thing that doesn't leave a lasting mark, mm -hmm. just as writing on water immediately disappears. Mm. And I love that because it it um, it normalizes anger, but it also normalizes not having to carry it, like not having it turn into some scar or a scar or a thing that has to be carried around for a long time. Yeah. Do you feel that if we repress our anger that it's kind of perpetual, like it sticks with us and I feel well, that. I've. Okay, I'll talk about my anger. <laughs> Good. So, <laughs> so I um I know this is gonna be sound crazy, but um occasionally when I'm in the temple, like so I do I I I do I have jobs in the temple, like during the talks and stuff. And occasionally I'll get frustrated because I feel like, you know, the it's very late at night, you know, and it's time to go home and people are still asking questions, and I'll get real frustrated and I'll feel my anger come up and like in a logical time, in a time of coolness, I would look at that. And, and most of the time, I'm going to say that like, you know, of the 30 years I've been doing this, 95% of the time, I'm great with it. Like, I love the fact that people come and that they are served and that they're having an amazing experience. People come from all over the world, you know, sure. but on this one particular time, like I could just, I was just like, grumpy as shit like I just I was like so angry and like just frustrated and so I think the point of that is that there was very little happening to make me angry in that moment but there was some stored anger frustration that I've been carrying for a while and I think that's how I would choose to answer that question is that that I know that over the course of my life trauma mistreatment my own stupidity I have stored anger right and it doesn't come out all the time but when it does, it's um, it's 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 it can be damaging. It can be difficult to have meaningful communication with people, and it it just leaves a mark in my face that just repels people. <laughs> and it's 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 harsh, you know. It is. Um, yeah, I kind of I can really relate to that because when I looked at the situation, it was really a small thing, but the reaction that I was feeling on the inside wasn't actually based on that thing. It was based on similar things that had occurred in the past times I had felt mm. similarly. And it was kind of like my mind went into this whole story of, well, there, there it goes again. You know, you're just being misjudged. Nobody understands that I'm, you know, I'm just building, it's building up in this kind of, you know, anger that, is did not match the situation um, in the present. Mm -hmm. And that let me know, yeah, that's that's a hurt, that's a tender spot that's been there for a really long time. So that I think like what you just touched on, for me at least, is like the first tool of managing anger, which is mindfulness, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a pretty high percentage of people who listen to this podcast who do meditate, have meditated, or at least see the value of mindfulness and meditation and right. breath. I'll throw those that in with the, with that sort of little cluster of cool stuff. Yes. And like 
that that moment when you can realize that this is just a thing that's coming up and that you it's it's not like it takes a lot of the juice out of that moment because like if somebody's attacking you and you're angry then fucking a it's time to get angry and it's time to fight and it's time to like throw yourself at that situation right yeah but the mindfulness to realize that you are opening something inside that's been sitting in there that's stored anger like you said like that now becomes a moment of healing right, right. so I, I so that's my viewpoint right on that stored anger is when those things come up and when i'm viewed that moment of my own anger i went to the second tool it's just breathing so do you, do you feel that natural response come in yes yes if i can catch it early enough before it becomes a reaction and I can just kind of sit with it and take some deep breaths, mm. you know, it will, it will subside. And sometimes it'll take a day or two, honestly, to get a little bit more clarity about it. And yeah, yeah. I, I really love that. Cause there's like almost two, two sort of um, uh, ways two two kind of um, processes for dealing with anger. And one is in the moment, right? Cause like, so one thing that when I do work with people, I actually try to get them to never go backwards, right? Because of anger and that going backwards would be like messing up a relationship or a business deal or some meaningful um, communication that's happening. And so in the moment when you breathe, right? And and like, this is a thing that helped me so much as I was trying to develop myself as a, as a young person, trying to make a way in corporate America or with a job or any business thing is, I, I, I learned how to breathe, like almost like sneak some calming breaths in, even in the middle of a confrontation, right? So if I'm standing in front of my boss, I used to be a photographer, a news photographer back in the nineties and I was running a team of, of newspaper photographers. And there was a lot of a conflict around, do we send a photographer to this dumb car crash? Do we, we know what, what are we doing with our people? And it pushed my buttons like on the regular, my buttons would be pushed and I would be standing in front of an authority figure, which I admittedly still have problems with. Right. right. And I learned anyway, I think the point of that is, is I learned like when I was getting triggered, like, and that's what I heard you say too, is just how to take that moment and just like, like right now, if I talk to somebody, I have to shut my eyes and kind of like remove all the in inputs. But I learned at that moment though, that I could actually, just take a deep breath in through my nose and create a little space, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to dissipate entirely, but it definitely kind of takes the charge away or, or lowers the charge. And then I think you have, there's less of a chance, it's not guaranteed, that um, <laughs> you're going to be, you know, reactive towards in the rest of your day. Like you might still be ruminating about it, I mean, that rumination might continue. Uh, and, and it does take me a few days to like, oh, okay. You know, like mm. silly April, like you see that this was just, it wasn't even related, like the way you felt. It was actually this thing that had occurred earlier in life or at multiple times in your life. And, and that's just something that's sore that it, you know, it, it kind of got touched, right? Absolutely. Like, and for me, it was, you know, depending upon how you work with your chakras, but that, you know, 
first, second, third chakra, there's a lot stored up in there, especially the third one, you know, about people listening to you. And, and, and so in that moment, when somebody does push that button and you do breathe, I, that um, quote by um, Viktor Frankl, I actually have, to have it queued up here. Um, he was a, a psychiatrist and Holocaust survivor. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Yeah. And, and that's a quote I think we've even mentioned before, but it's just so powerful, right? Yes. In that breath, when it's like you can choose to not go backwards and like even if and sometimes you don't have even an hour to process it you've got to make decisions like immediately like where yeah. people are going what they're going to do you know how how are you going to handle the next 5 minutes of your life <laughs> yeah. and and just the that breath will will help there, there's a some huge percentage of help that it would provide like 50% better oh. that we will do just on clearing our mind because like you said if we dump years worth of anger in, because of one button pushing. And maybe there's the, you know, you can get a sleep the night before or whatever. Anyway, yes. So you don't want to end up dumping all that anger, that one cue on somebody. Yes. I remember years ago when I worked in the hospital, I just did not have that kind of, and it's not, I wouldn't say it's control. I think it's quite the opposite. I didn't have that kind of allowing. And I remember being like immediately reactive, immediately going down to radiology and having words with the radiologist, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. everything like, kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on, you know? Um, and uh, just so regretting that afterwards, you know, so many regrets about being so, you know, quick to draw, you know, and it wasn't mm. even, you know, it, whatever they did or didn't do, you know, it was just so amplified by my own mm. deep unhealed issues at the time. And it's a real blessing to be able to, to take that pause. It really is. Um, and, you know, I'm not perfect at it. <laughs> so but, how do you, um, how, how do you notice now? Like what cues you in that it's time to be mindful? It's time to take a breath. Like what are your cues? I can feel, it's almost like there's this rising of energy coming through me mm. and, and it's, it's creating kind of a constriction or a tightness and I can feel it in my neck and in my jaw. And I mean, physically, I, and sometimes I'll actually get a headache, like I'll get a headache from wow. it. And I, and so I can, when I feel that happening, I know I've tapped, something has happened. I've been triggered. Something has tapped into a wound. And, and if I can just pause in that moment and slow down and breathe, like you were saying, then I can get through it. Now I may not be able to articulate it or have any kind of real understanding about it i you know it, it I'm, a, I'm a little slow it'll take me a few days sometimes to kind of work that all out you know but it's the beginning of the process so i i um you know like like at the beginning you talked about how you um like like there's there's a stigma around expressing anger right yeah. and i think it's sadly societally it's even more so for women perhaps than men which yes, is definitely. a shame, right? Yeah. But when you feel like your jaw constricting, your chest constrict, those are just, that's a fear mechanism for preventing you from expressing, right? Yes, it's trying to, I'm trying to contain it because I will look like, uh, you know, a bee with an inch. <laughs> if I, yeah, yeah. That way, because that's how society sees women that 
um, you know, are reactive. Are honest and forthright. <laughs> honest and forthright. Yes, 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 exactly. So there is that whole conditioning around that, that I'm battling on the inside that I'm feeling as well. Like you better put a cap on this because, right. you know, it's, it's going to be bad. <laughs> so. One of the um, things that I really love about, um, you know, the, 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 the yogic way of working with anger and the chakra system is that, you know, the breathing opens all that up, right? Like the jaw and this chest. And the value of that is that it is long-term stuff that we've held, you know, some scars, traumas, blocks. And in that relax and release mode, like there's an opening that can happen. And if, if you have just enough consciousness mm-hmm. to not speak just for a couple of breaths, you can release a lot of it. And it's actually, it's an offload. It's more than just, it's not suppressing and it's not constricting. It's opening and offloading. Mm-hmm. And it it has kind of the same spiritual power as forgiveness, right? Yeah. Because you're letting go of deeply held stuff that and and making it much less likely to direct anger inappropriately in the future, right? Which right. is what we're talking about. Like the stored anger becomes directed inappropriately because we don't know, it just comes up and we aren't, we're just blasting it out at whoever happens to be. Right. In <laughs> That's right. God forbid you're in the room. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 It can, it's, it can be intense. And, but that involves a great deal of self-compassion, you know, being like, okay, it's okay that I'm, and I think that was a big hurdle for me was it is okay that you're feeling this. Yeah. not a bad person for having these emotions that yeah. that was huge for me to overcome because I had I did I had a lot of conditioning growing up uh, you know in the 70s and 80s and then also coming from religion and the idea that I you know I was supposed to have this this like tremendous self-control all the time and uh, you know, I, to give myself permission to feel that thing, even if it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense at the time, you know, I can't really make sense of it, but I'm feeling this thing, just allowing that, you know. Yeah. There's also an element too that at the same time that you're having a, I say you, we, us, me, right? We we as humans are having an illogical response. Mm-hmm because something is stirring up old stuff inside, you know, this being released. There's also an element that I find helpful of trusting my anger. Like there's something happening that's probably not right. Yes. And it may be requiring only 20% of the response I'd like to give, but something. And so being able to sit with that and just give myself trust that there's something I'm going to work on, but this may not be the right moment or the time or the... The, the, the um, quality or the nature or amount of anger to be released isn't appropriate for that thing, but it still will be addressed at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's been some sort of violation um, that we're perceiving and it does deserve attention. Like it's, to me, it's like you, you, it needs to be heard. It needs to be listened to. And the sooner mm-hmm. the better, because that's the other part is the stuffing it just create, you know, it creates this avalanche, you know, this volcano. Yeah. And um, I've found if I can deal, and I don't necessarily mean that you have to go to somebody, you know, if you don't feel like they're going to be receptive of what you're saying, but just to deal with it with yourself, maybe journal, write it out, 
talk to a friend about it, um, get it out, you know, somehow, some way. And then you feel like you have, you've had your own back. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you taking, you're taking care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as, as yogis and a, a living, well-functioning, normal human being, like every day we start with some level of suppressed stuff, you know, subconscious, some scars, whatever that we hold on to. Right. A way to look at life as our mission is that every day there should be less of that. Every day, every breath should be carrying some of that away. Yeah. And what you just talked about was like never going backwards in that effort too, that never storing more stuff, making every day a chance to let go. This, those blockages that accumulate inside us like that, they keep us from really loving fully, right? They keep us so tuned into our own needs because we're so afraid of them getting blo- you know, triggered. And the responses, they're so ugly that we can over-focus on our own needs out of relationships and out of interactions, yeah. driving in traffic. You know, We take it personally if somebody just pulls in front of us. It's it's really powerful to start every day with the intention of letting go of more of the blockages of the of the constrictions of that and keeping that breath moving. I swear, like it just moving breath inside us, just keeping it not held and flowing just allows that to happen, that relaxation of the heart space. Yes, it's it's, um, you know, breath taking oxygen in the body. You know, my background is in neuromuscular therapy and. You know, I know that tissue that is tight is not oxygenated. It's not getting, mm, it's not yeah. getting oxygen. And so I, when I feel that rise up in me, I can feel my body, you know, not taking that in, but it is the breath, like you said, that relaxes the body and allows that to come back into the muscle muscles. And, you know, you, I think we can prevent so much of our suffering just by breathing, just by pausing, just by being willing to allow something to to move through you know absolutely that's a really deep buddhist principle right because a lot of times when we do that work it hurts like you said suffering right mm-hmm. there's gonna be pain when it comes up i mean i think that's a, a pretty solid truth that if you have stored something from a painful interaction the moment when it comes up will relive some of that pain and that's that stored anger that we're experiencing but in the release of it and the breathing and the relaxing around it it's a one time pain yeah. or you're releasing most of it you don't have to sit and suffer with it it doesn't have to become a health issue or a stress issue or a long term negativity issue storing all that stuff really makes life look gray and 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 just lifeless and and un, uninspiring you know carrying all that anger Yes, definitely. And I think just to turn the tables a little bit, how do we react to other people's anger? I was thinking the same thing. Um, and and I, I have a quote. So there, um, her name, we call her Ma Yoga Shakti, but she was the one who came to the temple and essentially was one of the first saints to really, you know, Indian saints. So you can, you know, take that with whatever you want. But she had a beautiful piece of wisdom that she shared with Mickey that I really love. She came to him once, and Mickey tells a story a lot, like, and said to him, don't you love it when they get angry at you? And she paused for a second and she goes, there's so much energy. And yeah. like, see, that's that's understanding that when somebody blows up at you, it has nothing, almost nothing to do with you. Yes. 
And if when we can hold that clarity, it does a few things. Like number one, it keeps us from storing that in our own hearts and our own beings and feeling like we're going to be, it, it helps us to relieve a potential trauma inducing event. Right. Yeah. Yes. Cause it hasn't like, there's no reason for us to store that energy. And then secondly, and, and really powerfully, we can help relieve someone else of their suffering. Like if, if you can hold on to the energy of helping someone let go of their pain and, and just take it, mm-hmm. turn the other cheek. That's what it means in the Bible. When it says, turn the other, it's one of the meanings is to turn the other cheek and just let that come out, right. give them the space, especially for the loved one, you know, because the, those are even harder to deal with because there's so much pent up, you know, whatever with our loved ones, parents, lovers, friends. Yeah. But, I find that to be so true. Like I, I, as a recovering codependent, I, you know, I used to really make it my mission to make sure that those around me weren't angry because I equated that as bad because it was bad for me. I was told it was bad. So it has to be bad for other people. And I had this beautiful client a while back. I do a kind of work uh, it's, it's shadow work. It's uh, using a system called the gene keys. And we were discussing this and she says, yeah, she goes, uh, in regards to her partner, he, she goes, um, I'm just not going to kink the hose anymore. Mm. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to allow them to have their, the, these emotions. I'm not going to try to contain them. I'm just going to hold space for them and I'm not going to kink the hose. Mm. That was, you know, I learned sometimes I learned so much from my clients, you know, I really do. And uh, when she said that, I thought, oh my goodness, I think I've spent a lot of my life trying to kink the hose on other people's anger because of the ideas that I had, the conditioning around what anger meant. And, uh, you know, and and it it was a gift. I mean, that was just such a gift to me to to Mm. actually have a visual of, you know, that water's got to come out. Like even after you turn a, a, a hose off, like a faucet off, you know, there's still water in there. Yeah. And yeah. You, have, you have to allow it to come out. It's not, it's not great to kink that hose or to bend it. Cause then that water just kind of sits in there and gets all stagnant and, you know, it's not a good thing. So not only kink our own hose, but maybe not do that to, to others close to us, let them have what they're feeling. I um, I think over COVID, I, I was very conscious of this for a variety of reasons, but I really started to um, tap into my sensitivity, right? And and it's a superpower, you know, for to be a a, a really sensitive person, mm-hmm. but it also can be it has it comes with drawbacks, yeah. Because in our awareness of the minute nature of people's expressions and the tone of their voice, and the it's easy to get into our own heads about how we interpret that about ourselves. And I think at the core of this is not taking things personally, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it could be argued that no matter what, we're going to take things personally, if people say things to us, but on, on another really clear way of thinking about things is people are just doing what they need to do. And especially people who we don't know that well, and even the ones who are close to us, they're going through these things that we just talked about, releasing stored energy. We don't have to take that in and we right. don't have to reject it, but it's like standing you know, in a wind and you just stand there and you feel the wind rush by and you don't try to hold it. You don't try to control it. Right. 
And in, in my sensitivity, I would get lost in it and it yes. would, I, I would pull back and it would make me withdraw from situations. And I started to see how it became a limitation, like that power. It's like anything, anything that provides some sense of um, power and ability can be a detriment and excess. And yes. to let to, to start to let go of that and, and feel that consciously. But again, all these things are contingent upon mindfulness, right? Just being aware of what's happening and what we're doing. And that takes practice. I think that's the part where you talk about it's hard. It's the practice of getting there that you can handle more and more mindfulness. You get more and more capacity for mindfulness and more and more difficult situations, right? Yes, yes. yes. It's just being comfortable with emotion as as an energy that just exists in this universe and yeah. allowing it to be what it is instead of trying to you know control it either in yourself or others you know just let letting people and allowing them to feel safe to do that like it's okay you know i i may not un really feel like the situation warrants you being angry right now but that's really not for me to judge because I'm not the person going through it. And if mm. that's how you feel, I'm going to just sit here and let you, you know, I'm going, not let you because it's not even my role to let you like right. I'm just gonna be with you while you're here. And if it gets overwhelming for me, cause I'm a very sensitive person yeah. and I don't feel like I can handle the discomfort of what you're doing. I might have to excuse myself, but it's not personal. That's about me. That's about me and, and my, um, difficulty with being able to handle this intensity you know and I it's so funny because on one hand I can I can really be I can become very angry but then I have a hard time handling the anger of others and it's not mine to handle you know mm, about mm. me how many times have you like talked to somebody who's really blowing up and they just seem like they're being a complete asshole and you find out like the whole story of what they're going through in that moment, whether they're having money problems or the health of a parent or a spouse or, and you start to backtrack and you think, oh my God, there's like, it's a wonder that they're even able to function at all as they stand in front of me right now. Yes. And it, if you had known that at the beginning of the conversation, it would have changed your complete perspective. That's powerful to see how like a couple little pieces of information will change your whole way of dealing with someone. Mm -hmm. And that's a cure for judgment in a way. Like that's, that's a really, that, that bit of mindfulness, knowing that people are going through a lot. Everybody's got a story. Yes. Helps take some of that judgment away and helps us be more loving, more open and more able to help people process their, uh, their own pain, their pain. And my God, the rewards, like when you help somebody process pain like that, I swear it lifts it out of your own being, that that sense of being a um, facilitator to help relieve suffering in the world relieves your own suffering in a huge way. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think that is so true. It is such an honor and such a blessing to just serve as a witness, you know, and and um, to see someone process it and get to the other end. I know that that mm. has been giant a tremendous gift uh, for me for the individuals in my life that have allowed me to do that that I could feel safe just being angry or imperfect and and just feeling all that and with no judgment no comparison no um you know 
no comparison of pain, you know, mm. I'm, I'm just here with you as you go through this, a, a tremendous gift, uh, both to the person, the midwife, the facilitator and the uh, receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Help deliver the pain. Yeah. Let it, let it go off on its own. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, this is such a powerful subject. Yeah. It, is. it really is. I feel like in so, the future, we're going to be much more accepting of our emotions. And I feel like we're moving in that direction. And that's very exciting. So the basic tools are mindfulness and being aware of breathing and opening the space for release. And in the moment, choosing your words and your response carefully in light of what you are going through in that moment, you yourself and what the other person is going through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as you said a few minutes ago, sometimes you just need to walk away and that's fine. You know, there's, there's a lot of good reasons to go to the bathroom in the world. And that might be one of them. I just, Hey, I'll be right back. I need a break and wash. <laughs> I've also heard really good things about just washing your face, like splashing water on your face in those moments that it triggers um, some physiological responses that help sort of create a little bit of freshness, release, openness, allow us to change our state a little more readily. And those are some good short-term responses. And in the long-term, you talked about journaling or um, walking and thinking and breathing and meditating and talking to a friend. It's, it's almost like a two-stage process when there is anger like that. We realize it in the moment. We try not to let it take us backwards or to create more suffering, more pain. Mm -hmm. And in the long term, to just deal with it effectively. So we don't have to, we don't have to live with it, that we can release it, we can build strong habits of mindfulness and health. And as we release that, there's no reason to walk around carrying anger, it really distorts our worldview, it makes the world an ugly place when we carry angry anger for a long time. Yes. And as you're describing, I'm thinking this, the physical implications of having that in your body all the time or not being able to release that, not being able to process that. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, like I said, I, I, I actually remember getting like pretty bad headaches from, you know, trying to repress that. So yeah, I love that. And the breath that's tremendous. Yeah. This, you know, um, I've seen this thing over time, bumper stickers that say, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to push back on that a little bit because it's one thing to notice what's going on in the world. It's, it's to, to, to see the suffering of other people and the mistreatment. I work in prisons and there's so many people who could just can so constructively not be incarcerated and treatment of people in those spaces. It, it needs to be worked against, but it, a productive way to work against these things is by handling the power of what's happening. And it's not about being angry. It's about seeing fully with clarity what's taking place in life, what's happening in front of you, not absorbing it, but keeping your sense of personality of who you are, the brightest aspect of who you are, and then carrying that forward productively to help in any way you can, whatever way the universe puts in front of you to be helpful so yeah, it is easy in it yes yeah getting lost in it is just getting lost i mean that's that's really the upshot of that the result of that 
So, if the purpose of anger is to bring to our attention something that feels like a violation, whether it's a personal violation or a violation of something going on in the collective, if that's the purpose of it, I I feel like it's it's not the anger itself holding on to that is not productive. It's what you do as a result of the anger. I think it was uh, Buckminster Fuller that said, don't, I'm going to paraphrase this because I'm probably yeah. going to sit up. Um, but it was like, you know, don't try to fix a, a broken system, create a new one. Like, I'm just mm. really, really paraphrasing that. Like, because it's redundant, like to stay in the anger that's not productive. But the anger is almost like, it's like a uh, an initiation to address some address something mm. and it maybe if we can look at it like that as opposed to something to inhabit on a continual mm. basis yeah yeah it's a spark right it's it's right. A, it's a it's our body our mind our consciousness communicating with us yeah. but it's it can't be the only fuel that we have you know that's it's not a sustainable way of living working and if we lose our own sense of joy and inspiration in life, then we're no good. You know, we just don't do anything worthwhile. And living in anger just kills inspiration, kills joy. Feels great. Work through it. Yeah. I mean, you can't create from the space of anger. You have, you know, inspiration is what helps us create. But I feel like anger can be like, okay, something needs to be done. But it's like you can you can travel there, but don't camp out. Like <laughs> Yeah. 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 I, I love the idea of a fire, right? It starts the fire and that fire can burn. But do we want to live in that sense of cortisol injection, just running full time? No, <laughs> it's yeah. it's defeating, self-defeating. Yeah. But it let really it light is. a fire, let it live with you, but not not in a damaging way, not in a way that just keeps, that needs suppression, right? That needs to be constricted or held. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. I love this conversation. I think it's so needed. Uh, we, there's just so much going on in our world today that there's a lot of really people, angry folks out there, understandably so. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But to, you know, but to use it as a catalyst to, to bring about something better, I think is probably a good, good way to go. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Mother Teresa could have been angry, you know. Oh, I'm sure she she had to have been. <laughs> she turned it into love, right? And that that became how she moved forward, and that became how she served, and and that's that's kind of the model that I would like to mm -hmm. find most productive for for our lives. Yeah, she tells there's a story about her, which I'm sure you've heard about how someone asked her to attend an anti-war protest. And she said, um, no. And they said, well, why not? You know, you're you're all about peace. And she goes, well, when you have like a pro-peace, you know, rally, I'll be there. Yeah. But she understood that resistance is like, you, you, you know, it's like swimming against the current. You really, it's really not effective long-term. Mm. I mean, sometimes you have to swim against the current for a minute or two, but you get exhausted. You know? and I feel like being angry all the time that's what that is it's just exhausting 
Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So breathe, mindfully so breathe. breathe. <laughs> yes, breathe. Thank you, Tim. That's something that you always draw my attention back to that I need to hear because I really do find myself walking around just forgetting to even get oxygen sometimes. And I'm like, <laughs> little shallow breaths. And... It's so, it's so amazingly effective for such a simple thing, but just yeah, that co constant monitoring of your breath, man. It's like, uh, it really helps. That's all I can say. Yes. Yeah, so My wife the, likes it when I breathe. I'm just going to say that. Right? It makes me yeah. a much more we'll breathe, dear. pleasant human to be around, you know? <laughs> That's right. Just go take some breaths, please. Right. If I forget to breathe, she'll, and we're going somewhere, she'll tell me to skip, right? And it'll just like, and it's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. I'll start skipping and it makes me breathe. And then my mood goes awesome. up. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Breathing and skipping. Sounds fabulous. Yep. yep. This has been great. Thanks so much. I really look forward to these conversations. Thank you. Me too. Hey, I have um, a little group forming on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I, I call it untethered wisdom and I'm just kind of getting it going. I've got some things posted and I was, I'm going to post this there if that's fine with you sure. and I'll link to your podcast and um, a number of things. I've got some meditations going up there. So if anybody's looking for just a generic meditation or some some reason to find you know half an hour to meditate and I'll probably post some shorter ones there too but it's untethered wisdom uh, group on Facebook you can just search it out and uh, I'll keep uh, stocking stuff there with uh, hopefully worthwhile information from my uh, years of work and experience and living at the temple of the universe and 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 all of that so well, I know I know it will be I know it is to me so and I think everybody you will really benefit from. Um, hanging out there on that page. There's a lot of wisdom and just really tools that are not difficult to implement in your life. And uh, Tim is amazing. He brings that forth and in a really wonderful way. So do check that out. And what I will do under this video, uh, like I always do is just have all of your relevant details so they can find you and uh, get in touch. You have a, a lot of different services that you offer and uh, meditations and it's great. So well, thank you so much. I appreciate your support and happy to be able to spend time with you. It's a real blessing. Thank you. Me too. Thanks, Tim. You have a great day and thanks everybody for listening and join us next time on the Everything Considered podcast with April. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Take care.